0: Welcome back to the War Report. If you're new here, welcome to the War Report. It's a War Report podcast. And uh, we, listen, this episode four, the end of freedom. And I mean that. I mean, listen, they're trying to take all your freedoms away. And they are going after your digital freedoms, man. They're trying to take it from you. Like, <clears throat> understand the way the internet is now it might not be that way for long. You have to, really, you gotta push back, or it's gone. Gone to the days where you have a somewhat free internet. You know what I mean? And and, and not just internet, everything, everything, any freedoms. They're coming for it, man. Listen, in this episode, we're gonna get into uh, the government and tech collusion, how they're working together. You know, we go into the the current administration, the Biden administration, and how use surveillance and uh, colluded with big tech giants like Meta, that's Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. We also go into how you know the Democrats are funding campaigns for the Republicans that they think they can beat. So while you are over here supporting these parties. They're blowing your money. If you gave money to the Democratic Party, just know they spent that money on a campaign for, for their Republican counterparts. You know, it's an old trick. You know, fund the guy you think you can beat. But but what if they don't beat them? They wasted all your money. So we going to get we going to get right into it, man. And we're going to start off with this. Uh, you know, the Biden administration is being sued over Department of Homeland Security, social media surveillance. This is this is a this is a bombshell story to come out. You know, let's get into it. The oversight project run by conservative think tank heritage has sued the Biden administration over surveillance of the people through social media. The lawsuit demands the release of re- <clears throat> of related to Department of Homeland Security contract with Babel Street. Babel Street, uh, it's a company. We're going to get into it. We're going to go into a little bit of detail on Babel Street. You might, You might not have heard of them, but you should hear about them. You need to know who they are. You need to know what these the ominous corporations are doing the surveillance corporations behind your back. So let's see. Uh, Babel Street is a Virginia based company that provides surveillance and data mining technologies. So they they're just absorbing data from you. And apparently the Biden administration have been using them to capture your data to target you. It says the the DHS... Department of Homeland Security has a contract with Babel Street to provide Babel X. It's a tool that scrapes data from smartphone apps and online sources. According to a report, uh, (laughs) government agencies can search that data by any number of keywords in many languages. So like... If you ever heard of Project Prism, this is what Edward Snowden blew the whistle on. They was able to, to search, you know, keywords online and and find data from your emails and things of that nature. Well, Babel X is a new tool that they can do all that and scrape data from your cell phone, from your, your social media, everything. Everything. Like we are... We're in, the, we're in that position now. We're there now. We're there. The end of freedom. The Department of Homeland Security, county governments, law enforcement agencies, and the FBI all use it. The Washington Post report said the Pentagon was Babel Street's first customer. That's their first customer. So as you can imagine, this is what they do. This is why they formed. The agencies focused on counterterrorism would use the company's technology to monitor terrorists' online chatter to predict attacks. Now, police departments and the FBI soon started signing up for the service. These public contracts document review by the Washington Post. So, as always, as always, if you give any bit of your rights, your freedoms, your privacies, they will exploit them. So they, they got it under the guise of counterterrorism, right? The DHS, you know, on oh, this home security, we're trying to stop terrorists. But then, but then what happens? FBI comes in, right? And Then it trickles all the way down to <laughs> like regular police departments. Like, like, just, just, Just for a second, imagine that a police department, regular police department, can use Babel X and instantly go through all your social media, all the information on your phone. Notice there was no mention of warrants or any of that. These are people. These are regular people. Like, don't let the 40 hours a week or you know the, the uniform or the badge or the title fool you these are regular individuals with this much power they're flawed by nature and this power is corrupt and it's going to corrupt them it has corrupted them Like this is this is something brand new man the fact that Mainstream media is just not talking about it should clue you in on how bad they have been bought. Right? To whereas the war report has to talk about it. You know what I mean? You you would never hear about it from the mainstream media. So we're gonna we're gonna handle it. Now this this is all coming out because of a lawsuit. Like The lawsuit is what's exposing all of this to the public, because there's companies who like their watchdog companies, watchdog companies. They're looking like, what are you? What are what? Listen, since the checks and balances aren't working. Companies got to and by company, I mean, a collective of people who came together, you know, they they came together and said, let's what did what is the CIA doing? What is the FBI doing? What is this person doing? What are these? government entity entities doing. So the only way to get the real info is by suing them. Right? Then you can actually start to start to you know bring out some documents as they try to defend themselves, they have to present things. So on filing the lawsuit, director of the Oversight Project Mike Howell said the Department of Homeland Security has completely abused its authority to come up with outrageous intelligence assessments since Biden took office. Since Biden took office, this is the White House. This is this administration. This is now. Most recently, and get this, uh, (laughs) this is like, this is just crazy. (laughs) Most recently, while pro-abortion extremists firebombed Pregnancy centers and engaged in unlawful intimidation efforts outside of Supreme Court justices' homes. Right? DHS is warning law enforcement about potential violence from pro life Americans. So, while the pro abortionist crowd, right, started essentially doing terrorist attacks by firebombing and intimidating judges and such and such. They're over here watching the pro lifers, right? Like, the pro lifers aren't the ones who are doing any violence because they got what they wanted, right? Roe versus Wade got struck down. They're not the ones revolting. But, and yet, that's who the Biden administration is choosing to surveil, right? They're trying, they're choosing to have surveillance on the pro life people, not the pro-abortion people, even though those are the ones who have actually done crimes. (laughs) This is this is disgusting and it's fascinating. This is fascinating. You know, it lets you know these entities can never be trusted. Right. Don't fall for the smile and the handshake and the kissing babies like, they're all the same. They're the same. Don't fall for it. <laughs> it goes on to say, one way is through targeted surveillance, surveillance surveillance of social media and paying paying private companies to do work that is constitutionally questionable. So, you know, they know if they get caught doing it, it's like, there it goes against the Constitution. I can't. So they'll just pay a private company to do it. Come on, man. That's why we're demanding that DHS turn over information related to his contracts with Babel Street. The Oversight's project request is for more information on this are reasonable, lawful, and straightforward. Department of Homeland Security should have to explain what it's paying Babel Street American tax dollars for to do with its massive data collection operation, and more importantly, what it's planning to do with that personal private data, right? So because they're being sued, the oversight committee is basically saying, listen, I wanna see the contracts. What are these people contracted to do, right? And it's the only way we're gonna ever be able to see this is if we start suing, Unfortunately, you know that's the that's the one way where you can drag documents out of people and out of companies and out of administrations is by suing them. Right? And yeah, that that's that's one of the last vestiges of freedom that we have, essentially, to to get this t- kind of information. Like this is just ridiculous. Babel Street. Keep listen, don't forget that company's name, follow it just in case they change their name. Like, you know, a lot, a lot of companies do that when they're in the public eye. Follow Babel Street and this Babel X tool that it's using to you know, data mine massive data on your phone, on social networks, everything, man. Everything. Like, this is a massive data collection operation. This is this is ridiculous. So, so far, DHS has refused to provide answers to these eminently reasonable questions. A refusal which raises far more questions and concerns than it resolves. But would you look at that? Would you look at that? DHS don't want you to know what it's been doing. And and and, and you got to think about it now, man. Look how dangerous this is. So on one end, you have the Biden administration hiring a company or giving contracts to use their specialized tool to mass surveil everyone through their social media and through their phones right so that's 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 one end and then on the other end this same administration is colluding with the big tech giants right and we learn this from court documents so let's let's listen let's, let's not waste any more time let's get right into that so court grants discovery on Biden's big tech censorship collusion Right. A federal court has granted Missouri and Louisiana's motion for discovery in a lawsuit that alleges high ranking members of the Biden administration colluded with tech giants, Meta, Twitter and YouTube to suppress free speech. Will you look at that? Will you look at that? You have the listen, everyone thought. Everyone had a feeling this was happening, right? But then there was something in you that was saying, like, well, they're not, they're, one's a corporation, one's government, they're not really together. So how does it, you know, maybe it made you question yourself, right? It made you think that your questions, your natural inclination to question authority was silly, right? Right? But look what we have now. Look what we have here. They have been colluding together. All right, it says, The decision paves the way for Missouri Attorney General H. Schmidt and Louisiana Attorney General Jeff Landry to collect discovery and documents from the Biden administration officials and tech giants that was mentioned in the lawsuit. According to Schmidt... This is the first time—the first time—a big tech censorship lawsuit has had a chance to look under the hood at the alleged censorship collusion between big tech and the Biden administration. Right in their motion for discovery, uh, they requested permission to issue interrog—what was that? Documents requests for government and defendants to serve third-party subpoenas on a limited number of social media platforms. Come on, man. Come on, man. We're finally getting to see how it works. And like, you you gotta think of like this, man. These big tech companies, it's not many people running them. Right? You know, you, you think of Twitter, you got Jack at Twitter, you got, you know, you know, the CEO of YouTube keeps switching up. That's still one person right you got you got Mark Zuckerberg at Facebook look that there's not a lot of people. you know what I'm saying? It's not that hard to have a conversation with five people to get what you need done done. you know like and that's what's happening with these tech giants. This is just ridiculous. It says the AG intended to use the interrogories and documents requests to request the identities of federal officials that communicated with social media platforms about disinformation, misinformation, malign information, or any form of censorship or suppression of online speech. And to... And to request the nature and content of these communications. Like so now we know that the White House and the Biden administration contacted these social media platforms directly, directly, and then they went to work. The social media platforms went to work, you know, disseminating its bias. Towards you. You know, you thought you was going online seeing what does the public have to say about this and that? No, no. You was going online and seeing how does the White House feel about this and that? It's, it's truly, it's truly disgusting. I know I keep saying that, but like we are in a dire, dire time best when it comes to freedoms like as this episode is named this is the end of freedom it's the end. like <laughs> once you have all of this consolidated power working together you know against you like it's going to be a dark future <laughs> it's going to be a dark future it says they also plan to use third-party subpoenas to seek similar information from a limited number of major social media about the identity of federal officers who communicated. This is a, and it's important. We want to know who they are, what's their role, how they you know, how do they connect exactly. The court said their requests are reasonable and ruled that the AGs can serve documents requested to government defendants and serve third party subpoenas up to five major social media platforms within five days of its order. The court added that the defendants should respond or object to these discovery requests within 30 days of receiving them. So in the next month or so, it's going to get real. (laughs) We're going to get a look under the hood and I will listen as soon as I get it. I'm letting you know the war report absolutely will be covering this. This is this is this is an amazing find. It goes on to say the First Amendment obviously applies to the citizens of Missouri and Louisiana. So Missouri and Louisiana have the authority to assert those rights This is what the court stated. It says, uh, let's let's see what else we got here. It says Missouri and Louisiana's lawsuit was filed in May. So they filed it in May and alleged that top ranking Biden administration officials had colluded with Meta, Twitter and YouTube to suppress posts about various topics, including the Hunter Biden laptop story, which turned out to be true. And I remember during the election time if you posted anything about hunter biden's laptop it was taken off social media he was flagged the account was banned yada 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 and look at that they found the actual laptop in a porn shop and uh yeah it's a hundred percent true so now now these social media platforms got egg on their face right now we got a question who are your fact checkers? How can you fact check that? You know what I mean? Who gave you authority to say my questions were something to be censored or banned? Well, now, now you got an answer for that, right? So they, they, they suppressed the post about the Hunter Biden laptop story, right? The lab leak theory of COVID 19's origin, which now there's substantial evidence about, right? Right when one time that was a myth, and now what? Now they're saying it it might it might have happened, you know what I mean? It might have leaked through a lab, we got a little bit of evidence, exactly. And the effectiveness of mass and lockdowns and the security of voting by mail. All things which at the time you were getting banned for saying, just a short few years later, now that's normal place. Now we know it to be true. Right? Now the CDC has went back on what they initially said about mask. So they can do that, but if you did it and when you did it, you were banned. You were censored, stifled from the from the, from the world stage. Well, listen, this this court case I can't wait. I can't wait. My, listen, I, I feel tingly all over. So I can't wait to see under the hood. You know what I mean? And this is something that the public needs. You know, the public needs to see exactly what, what, what is happening with this social media. You know, what exactly is happening? How exactly are they censoring? Who are these fact checkers? And now we get to see how exactly did all of these social media platforms who are not supposed to be working together, they're supposed to be competition, right? Well, they all colluded with the government to be on one accord, right? They're competition, but they're not fighting each other. They're fighting you, right? You're the product, you're not just the user, you're the product and your data your data is the gold mine that everyone wants. Everyone wants your data. It's like your soul. they all want it and they're fighting to get it. they're fighting to get it. Listen man big tech man we gotta we gotta keep our eye on big tech. Right. Because, you know, obviously, government and big tech both want your data. So sometimes they collude together like Biden. Right. And other times they fight each other. Right. Depending on what what kind of data they want. But it's all about your data. So let's let's get into uh, (laughs) how big tech tries to defend itself about being regulated. you know and the regulation is the regulation of stealing your data, right? Because unlike the White House and the Biden administration who's okay in big tech to steal your data as long as they get a peek, you know, other parts of government wants, wants, <laughs> wants the privacy to still be there. And we get to see how big tech actually fights against it. So big tech, latest defense, regulating us would increase inflation. So as inflation is, you know, wrecking the country and we're going into a recession, you know, these billion and trillion dollar companies are now trying to say, well, if you if we can't steal your information, it's going to increase inflation. Disgusting. Let, let's get into it and how ridiculous it is. Right? It says Big Tech has managed to find another talking point as it pushes back against US lawmakers' attempt to pass a new antitrust uh, legislation. Now, anything from these massive corporations' supposed concern for startups and small companies to national security has already been brought up by lobbyists working to undermine a number of bills now in Congress. So, you know, big tech is paying lobbyists to try to uh, stop these bills because they want to continue to steal all your information. You know, you're the only one not getting paid for your data. Everyone else is getting paid for your data except you. And they want to keep that going. So they pay lobbyists to bribe government, essentially, to allow them to keep going. You know, that's one way of defending themselves. And we're going to see some other ways. It says this time they play on the fear of rising inflation and claim that antitrust bills, if passed, would aggravate that situation. (laughs) Like, can you believe it? So Adam Kolsevich, CEO of Big Techs Trade Group Chamber of Progress, he used to work for Google, right? This shows you how these are revolving doors. He writes that while at the moment digital consumer services have lower inflation numbers than other parts of the economy, should proposals like those introduced uh, by Senator Amy Club was it Kl- funny name would change things for the worse (laughs) like just imagine big tech right now is like one of the only industries that's not you know inflation because it's not showing inflation because we don't pay them that's why you know so now they're trying to say how if we if if we do if we don't let them steal all your data then they're gonna start to you know Hit us with inflation, we might have to pay for these services. Like, and this is all nonsense. This is all nonsense, right? Like Facebook is not gonna charge you for being a member of Facebook because there'll be a different company who would just who would create a free version and you would leave Facebook and, and they'll the whole company will go down to ashes and in, in flames. So don't let them scare you, right? Writing for the Spokesman Review, right, notes that despite a 40-year high inflation in the U.S. that affects energy and food markets, tech services are managing to remain either free or offered at low cost. The free here means if you're not paying for the product, you're the product, right? That is your personal data collected and sold to the highest bidder becomes that. This is the heart of big tech's business model. And it's easy to see how less of a stronghold it has on different sectors of the digital market that will affect their bottom line, right? (laughs) It certainly doesn't frame it that way. They're warning that many online services that are now offered free of charge will have to be paid for if the bill becomes law. Like, come on, man. Stop threatening us. Stop threatening us. We'll let you fail. (laughs) But he doesn't say why that would be and why opening up the tech market has as a more level playing field to competition would automatically push Silicon Valley to start charging for services whose primary goal happens to be to attract as many users as possible, harvest their data, and show them ads. Instead, he engages in mental gymnastics, too, like so many lobbyists before him have done, argue that small businesses are those big tech is actually looking out for. (laughs) As it resists attempts to have his cartels broken up by antitrust law. They don't want it to be a fair playing field, man. They don't want it to be fair. They don't want competition to come in. Because you might choose the competition. The competition might not be a monster to the effect that they are. And that hurts their bottom line. Because you'll leave. You'll leave. And this nonsense of like, if we can't steal your data... Then, you know, we'll we we'll have to charge you. It's BS. It's BS. All of the ad money they're making pays for everything. Like you don't have to. They don't have to steal your data for the, the services to keep going. They're already showing you ads. Like there's already adverts on all of these. There's adverts on Facebook. There's adverts everywhere. They're making money hand over fist. These are some of the biggest companies on planet Earth. On planet Earth, they have no need to charge you anything. They literally are the biggest companies on Earth. If they can't afford it, uh, come on, no one can. It's ridiculous. But but power does not give itself up. Power does not loosen its grip. has to be forced to give itself up. It won't do it by itself. There's no, you know, for the good of the public, they don't care about none of that. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? They don't care. Power doesn't lose easily. It doesn't give in. And as we can see, they are nervous. They are scared. And I should show you how much val- how much value your data has for them. They're so scared they're paying millions and millions of dollars to lobbyists to try to make sure a bill don't pass where they can't take that sweet, sweet data. That sweet data that they, they say, it's just not, it's nothing. It's just a little bit of metadata. It's not much. And yet, and yet it is fueling the biggest companies on earth. It is, it is making, you know, presidencies and administrations pay companies to acquire it. It's all about your data. Because It's all about advertisers. And they need to know as much as they can about you so that you can be advertised to. You know, you can, you can listen, you can close your eyes, you can cover your ears, but you can't stop your subconscious. Right. And that's what they're trying to get. They're trying to get not advertise to just who you are. They're trying to advertise to what you are. You know what I mean? Deep down, your your fears, your loves, your all of that. That's how detailed they're trying to get, because you don't know how to fight that. You don't know how to fight that. And that's what that's that's how far we're getting now. That's how far we're getting. And we have to fight back the power. The power is 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 gripping tighter and tighter, you know, First is stay inside and just wear mask and it's you know the it, it, it don't end. Speak, listen. Speaking of mask, man, just to show you, just to show you how how corrupt this power has <laughs> has made these agencies, these companies, these governments, right? Because here's the thing about mask, it covers your face, right? It damn near can be a form of privacy, right? As you walking through the streets, you got a mask on. Listen, though, there's video cameras and everywhere. They people may still not know who you are. You know, it's the it, it is a beacon of freedom. So, so they're trying to take that away. They're trying to take that away too. And we're going to get into it. AI companies right now are working on tech to detect faces, even when people are wearing face masks. Just 50 pixels of face and is needed. Sorry about that. Just 50 pixels of face is needed. You know how crazy that is? They're (laughs) trying. Listen, they're trying. They're trying so hard. They're trying so hard to get every bit of you. Let's get into it. Let's get into it, man. It says, in the latest episode of BBC's One Frontline Fightback, a series on the use of technology by law enforcement, the show highlighted... Corsight AI, a tech company that produces facial recognition technology for use in crime fighting. <laughs> and in this episode, right, executives for Corsight AI were interviewed. And they were highlighting the advantages of facial recognition technology and fighting crime in cases where the suspects covered their faces. And this is what they said. Quote, we can do facial recognition with mass. We can do facial recognition at 90 degree head turn. We can do facial recognition, acute angles of address from high mounted cameras. (laughs) He says pretty much if we can get 50 pixels between the ears on an image, we'll be able to give facial recognition against that person. Listen, they said criminals believe that they can be walking around in plain sight wearing a face mask and they're thinking they can go and commit crime. They will be detected. (laughs) Now, listen. They always use our fears to take that inch and then we give them a mile and they never give it back. So they're using crime fighting As a way to introduce this new AI. And it's, 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 this is terrifying. This is terrifying. You have to understand, add it all together, right? Add it all together. Don't look at things as single instances. Add it all together. So you add all, you add up, you know, one, you know, one, uh, you add up Babel X, where they're scraping all the information from your phone to social media. You add up this technology where they can see who you are, even if your face is covered. And then you add on the fact that government is colluding with all of these uh, these agencies. And you have a terrible sight for the future. A terrible sight for the future. Yeah, we got we got we're going to have to push back from this man this is crazy and it's, it's it's only the beginning it's only the beginning listen let's take a we're going to take a quick break and then we'll be back with the war report We're back from a very, very brief break. And uh, (laughs) the end of freedom, man. The end of freedom. Listen, this is a war on many fronts. It's not just a social war. It's not just a war with boots on the ground. It's not just a cultural war either. It's also an economic war. And they hate the fact that more and more people and countries are using DeFi, which is a decentralized money, right? Because they can't control it. So they're trying, they're trying to get into crypto. Also, they're trying to get into the blockchain so they could turn off your finances right we've seen this with the the, the trucker convoy right where they turned off you know all the banks froze everyone's accounts who was revolting essentially but with you know decentralized platforms and the blockchain you know they, 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 they have a harder time controlling your finances because they are they can see it. They see the writings on the wall. They see, they see rebellion in the distance. And they want to stop you. They want to be able to, to turn off your finances. So add it all together. You cover your face while you're you know, protesting. They can find out who you are even though it's covered. Scrape your social media. See who who you are, who you're associated with. You know, scrape your phone and then turn off your finances once they find out who you are. This is the real issue. This is really what they want. So let's get into it, man. The WEF, meaning the the World Economic Forum, pushes for restriction, restricting certain type of actors and transactions from using decentralized finance. (laughs) They're trying to kick people out of the financial system. It says, like the response to the trucker protests in Canada demonstrated earlier this year, a centralized and tightly controlled financial system makes it very easy to punish those participating. On a much bigger scale, the same is true for entire countries. If they are dependent solely on centralized internal systems, they can be cut off at any point. And those in control of those systems can use them as very effective weapons. Now, this is essentially uh, sanctions. You know, it's an economic war. You know, like they did in Russia. But Russia has been preparing by... You know, am I amassing the amount of gold and doing deals with China so it can it can survive a sanction? But there are many countries that can't survive a sanction, especially not on its people. A lot of these countries are using DeFi, right? <laughs> They're using decentralized money. Well, now in the World Economic Forum, they want to be in control of that also. It says, but the rise of decentralized finance is throwing a wrench into all of this. The World Economic Forum has noted in an article posted, it says uh, the WEF is calling the technology behind DeFi something of a double-edged sword. The case of Russia is being used as an example, just like I said, and perhaps a smokescreen from which emerges the old push to regulate decentralized finance. It says, from the point of view of those developing and using DeFi, things are much more simple. The goal is to remove third parties to ensure financial sovereignty. However, that means the decentralized system can be used as protection against various forms of punishment. At the level of a single individual, all the way to the highest stakes of geopolitics. And the decentralized system seems to take scale well across its huge playing field. They want more control. They want more control. They want more control. They They don't want you to have any freedoms. Not economic freedom. Not social freedom. Nothing. And they're coming for it. They're coming for it. It says, this is what the WEF is worried about. How to make sanctions designed to cripple economies of adversaries effective again in the era of DeFi. (laughs) Come on, man. Like... They're gonna keep attacking any new technology that frees you in any way. And that should that should tell you who you're dealing with. They hate freedom. That should tell you why you shouldn't trust them. Don't listen to them. They're trying to censor you. They're trying to take away your freedoms. (laughs) They don't want you out of debt. Even if it's a country, they don't want the country out of debt. Nothing. And we got to push back. Man. We have to push back. It says the article penned Alyssa DiCaprio, right? That's the author of the article. She made a thought experiment. It says, but the WEF once again appears eager to give itself a leading role in steering the direction of reguli- regulating emerging technologies. DiCaprio notes that while there was a great hope that the removal of Russian banks from SWIFT would make anti-Russian sanctions much more effective, that has not been the case. The reason is that the system of authenticated messages exchange is not centralized. While SWIFT is a major player, it isn't the only one. And so the affected banks have been able to continue. To transact. So what basically she's showing how. Their sanctions. On Russia. Was. Ineffective. Because of the use of DeFi. Now. They're using this as an example of why. You should allow them. To, to, to centralize something that's decentralized. But if we. We as uh free thinkers, we look at this as an example of why like DeFi is important and should continue. Right? Because none of these none of these governments or these, you know, oligarchs, they, they they're never gonna do the right thing. So when you hear them talk about how they're gonna wield their power. Think of it going bad because that's where it'll go. Because they want control. So we look at this story as a win. We look at this story as okay, this is why DeFi is important so that one organization can't cripple an entire economy. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? It's. it's, This is the importance of DeFi right here. Though they're trying to make an example of why you wouldn't like it, but we know better. We know better than that. Because once again, you add it all together. they, They they can they can find everything on social media, find everything on your phone. You know, get your face even though it's covered. You know, they're, <laughs> they're colluding with government and now they want to shut off, shut off your, uh, your account. You know what I mean? At will. Like, think, think of what character that describes a person with their face covered, right? That, that, that sounds like a rebellious person. It sounds like rebellion. Think of a re- rebellion. Think of a revolt. People got their face covered so that they're not recognized and targeted later. Well, well, well now they can be targeted, even though their face is covered. Right. They can go through their social media and their phones to see how this revolution was organized. Right. And then from there, they can shut off the accounts of everyone involved. This way it can't be funded. You see how scary All this is when you put it together, and you put it into the hands of government. All right, all right. That's how we have to think about these things. We have to think logically about these things. Yeah, and it gets it gets even scarier than that. Let's go to Hong Kong, right? Let's go to the epicenter of. The end of freedom. This is ridiculous, by the way. Hong Kong is using ankle bracelets to track COVID-positive citizens. Ankle bracelets. How horrible is this? This is jail. This is... This is a horror movie. This is George Orwell's. One of his flicks. One of his books. They're using... Ankle bracelets. It says, starting Friday, Hong Kong residents infected with COVID who are quarantined at home will have to wear an electronic tracking bracelet, the health authorities have announced. The purpose (laughs) of the measure is to make sure these citizens don't leave their home. The announcement was made by Hong Kong's Health Secretary Lo Chung Mao, and the measure will come into effect July 15th, meaning it's in effect now. This is part of a controversial policy known as zero COVID that has been pursued by both Hong Kong and mainland China since the outbreak of the virus, but also some other countries, notably Australia, until last year. Zero COVID premise is to track down every single infection and thus achieve control and maximum suppression. In doing so, the authorities deploy a a variety of tracking and tracing technology, border closures, and quarantine, as well as strict lockdowns. Despite the fact that COVID policy has been in place for over two years now, Hong Kong experienced a spike in new COVID cases recently, putting the number at 2,000 each day of the past week, which prompted the new measure. Now, understand this. We've seen how COVID has been the excuse for extreme overreach of government. Don't think this won't make it here. You understand? So so far, every measure they took in China for COVID, they have taken here. The lockdowns, the restrictions, the cards, all of that. And if it works in China, if government sees how much control they can get, or see how much control another government gets, they'll do it too. They'll do it too. We are in, we're in a horror movie. We're in a horror movie. They don't care. They don't care. It's all about control. It's all about control. But let's, uh, you know what? Before we go, let's switch gears. Let's switch gears a bit. And uh, we're going to talk about the game of politics and how it's a game for them, but it's a reality for you. Right? And here's a weird thing that's been happening. Right? It happened in the past a few times, but it's 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 happening again and it's it's growing and it's happening more often. It's something that we should be aware of, right? So Democrats are bankrolling ads promoting fringe Republican candidates. <laughs> It says, as the midterm primary season rolls along, voters may have noticed a strange phenomenon of political advertising. Democrats paying for ads, supporting Republican candidates in multiple states, including Colorado and Illinois, which hold the primaries. You know, now Democrats have been attempting to boost far right Republicans. Under the assumption that they will be easier to beat in a general election. It's a political gamble. But it, it has worked and failed in the past. Now, understand this. <laughs> because you have to understand that the what's, what's pushing this, right? You thought elections were fair and balanced, right? You thought this was a fair fight. You know, you get up there and say how you'll benefit us and the other party get up there and say how they'll benefit us. And whoever comes out with the most benefits for us gets my vote. That's how it's supposed to be. But what's happening is more and more as we, you know, trot along into this dystopian future, these political parties care less and less about what we want or think or anything. All they care about is making money off bribes and getting reelected. So instead of the Democrats listening to the public and what the public wants, right, to amass the votes so they can be elected, what they're doing is trying to find candidates on the other side who sound the craziest and then paying for ads, promoting those people, right? So that they're the top candidate on the other side, hoping that they're going to say some crazy shit. So then that the Democrats can win the election. (laughs) That's what they're doing. Instead of listening to any of your talking points, instead of trying to get what you want, instead of Understanding what their constituency wants. They're playing political gambles. That's what's happening. They're politically gambling. And remember, they're spending your money. They're spending millions of dollars that they've raised from you on these gambles. You don't even know about it. Let's, let's, uh... <laughs> let's get into an example so you can understand what we mean right so in 2012 it was a, a in 2012 right there's a there's a democrat senator named claire mccatskill right in 2012 she was up for re-election she spent 1.7 million on advertising blitz During the GOP primary to highlight the conservative credentials of a candidate called Todd Akin. It was more money than Akin (laughs) than Akin's campaign had spent through their entire primary. Right. So this guy, Todd Akin, is trying to be, you know, the lead primary person for the Republicans. Right. They're having their primary uh, uh, election or whatever. And McCatskill said, OK, let me try to make sure this guy is the lead because he sounds the craziest. And I think if he's going to say some crazy shit, I'm going to beat him. So she spent one point seven million on ads promoting him more than he even spent. <laughs> it says there were three viable candidates and Todd Atkins was kind of the weirdest one. This is what McCatskill said. I knew he might say some weird things if he were nominated, and he had less money. So we took a poll, and I figured out what Republican voters would really like about him. She put her name on the ad as is required for political advertising, but casual viewers may not have realized they were paid for by a Democrat. For most of the primary season, Atkin have been in. Had been behind in the polls. He was behind. But he surged in the last two weeks. Of the campaign as. McCaskill ad aired across Missouri. He ended up winning the primary. Right? So it worked. And then losing to McCaskill in the general election. (laughs) Like understand. What this new tool. That they're doing. Like, this is what this is, you know, this is from 2012, right? It's just to show an example of it. But they're trying to do that now. Now. So as they beg you for campaign funds, just know they're going to be spending those funds or advertisements promoting the other side. Now, here's the problem. The other side is just straight win. <laughs> then what are you going to do? Then what that means is you, your campaign money that you gave to your politician you trust went to promote the guy they lost to. Just keep that in mind. Here's another, uh, <laughs> here's another example. In Pennsylvania, Democratic nominee Josh Shapiro spent hundreds of thousands of dollars on TV ads attacking GOP primary candidate Doug Mastrano. While the ads were negative, they deliberately gave a large platform to issues that resonate with many conservative voters, including skepticism about the legitimacy of the 2020 election, a kind of reverse psychology that Mastrangel himself welcomed. Mastrano said, I'm going to have to send him a thank you card <laughs> after seeing the ads. This is this is this is a crazy like this is what they're spending your money on. It says in California, here's another example, a political action committee affiliated with the Democratic House Speaker Nancy Pelosi. This is Nancy Pelosi paid for ads explicitly promoting conservative GOP candidate Chris Chris. Mavis over a more moderate competitor in the state's 22nd congressional district. And Maddie's end up losing. It says, you know, the recent primaries in Colorado, Illinois, will test the strategy again. In recent weeks, a progressive super PAC in Colorado began running ads highlighting the conservatism of a state representative Rod Ron Hanks who has questioned the legitimacy of the 2020 election. He is more mo- his his more moderate opponent Joe O'Dea released a statement accusing far left dark money groups of propping up Hanks before the election. Now, it would sound like a conspiracy theory if you didn't know this was actually happening, right? So if I'm a conservative guy, we, you know, I got other conservative dudes We're all running this. He was a top guy. And I said, hey, the far left is using dark money to prop up my opponents. (laughs) You would think like that's that's a conspiracy theory, but clearly it's not because that dark far left money is from a super uh, progressive super pack. So it literally is dark money. You don't know who actually invested into this super pack. But yeah, this is what's happening. This is what's happening in the political sphere right now. Like the Democrats are actually paying for ads for the Republicans that they think they could beat. This is this is how they treat your needs and wants. Now just understand this is happening while we're, we're, we're trotting into a recession as inflation spikes As food shortages on a rise, they're taking the money you gave them and gambling with it, essentially political gambles. If the guy wins, it's like, oops, oops. Let's just not speak about that. Listen, the game is rigged. The game is rigged. Freedom is finished. We are walking into a brand new spectrum right now. If you're listening to these words, man, you are unique because you are living in a time where you've known a type of freedom and you're walking into a time where it will no longer exist. Just think your children or your children's children Won't even understand the type of freedom you've had. That has been the war report. I thank everybody for tuning in. Uh, We're going to keep doing these shows. Keep doing these reports. You know, we drop every week. If there's breaking news, we might drop more than every week. You know, we're going to keep a close eye on. Everything happening and try to bring you a different perspective, a perspective that the mainstream media will not give you. You know, we are by the people, for the people and of the people. I'll see you all next time.